from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, him. and Ted. And him. Right Hello. Hello. The Oh, I'm telling you, we fly by the seat of our pants on this show, don't we? 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 Yeah. If there were pants on this seat, we'd <laughs> well, like be like Maverick and Goose. It, I'm you. Yes, indeed. Where? Who's Iceman? Which one's Iceman? And <laughs> you know, Goose died. <laughs> I'll be right. Most whoa, of his jokes whoa. do. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Jeez. Spoiler alert. We're only 16 seconds in, and Ted's been a bitch. Oh, hang on. Hey, I've been attacked on X, I'll have you know. On X? On X. Oh, me, me and my 27 followers are known furious. As <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. no. Yes. There's no such thing as X. Lay it's it down Twitter. For us. What happened? It's Twitter. I'm sticking with it. Can we, can we, can we, can we agree for? to call it Twitter? I'm, I'm well, happy. Rye attacked me, Steve. I'm trying it to look It was unprovoked. It was ridiculous. Who's doing it? I'll look at this as the bigger picture. Rye? Rye attacked me. It was a vicious, unprovoked and disgusting. Was it was it justified, Rye? I mean, he's been are... retweeting. He's been retweeting Steve Race posts about the show going live every week, every like day, right? Yeah, yeah. So I retweeted Steve before Ted could get in this morning. <laughs> so now he had to retweet mine. See how I did it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Nice. So Steve puts out a post that he's going mm-hmm. live, right? And then Ted normally lazily retweets that and says, oh, but it's actually on, you know, on the cat. Well, I've done it, right? And I've got in first and said, well, actually, I'm going to retweet this before Ted the Mackin can do it lazily. And he can probably retweet mine. And just an FYI, whatever he says is a lie. And the red is the better station. That's what my tweet had to say this morning. <laughs> Sounds like something off, off the trend. Ted, there's a report button, you know. There's a report button on there. It's all right, Steve. I've, I've got my own back. I, I used my words. I basically said, retweeting this shaved gibbon. You can now hear how I destroy him and his smoke. Shaved gibbon? What's shaved um, gibbon got to do with it? Poor shaved uh, shave gibbon. Shaved gibbon. I feel that's more of an shaved attack. Shaved gibbon. That's more of an attack than what I did, so I'm going to report him. See what I was going to you know what I mean? There's going to be a war oh, of reports. God. And I thought, I thought, I thought the Wraith boy, I thought the Wraith boy was the ruthless social media operator. I just block him. I just block him. He's a very polite young man. Steve is a very polite young man. Is this the build-up to the tain, uh, the tease we had, Derby? Is this already already started already. Started. Oh, Steve, what are you calling that last for? <laughs> okay, I'll give you some lines, right? Right, you are challenged when it yes. comes to this because of your local knowledge, okay, yeah. because you live okay, millions of miles just away. Challenged. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you've got to say things like you've got to say things like okay. the Cleveland yeah. Centre is far better than the Bridges Shopping Centre. Okay, yeah, I got you, you got, I got that you, one. Got okay, that what, one. What for picking yeah. up drugs? Transport or? a bridge. <laughs> Transport a bridge is more famous than the Weymouth Bridge. Uh, yeah, okay. all right. I'll yeah, use yeah. That. Well, yeah. You, so, just leave it uh, work. You know what I found out? I found out I'm the mayor yesterday, Dad. I'm the mayor of Ryhope. There's, a, there's literally a place in Sunderland named after me. You I'm might, the mayor of Ryhope. You might not want to oh shout that too God. loud, mate. Now I'm from Teesside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they've got a culinary welfare, or they used to have anyway. The, well, they I'm, do. I'm they either do. that or I'm changing yes. my last name to Hilton and then I'll own half of Sunderland just like they do. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got a sister who lives in South Hilton. Honestly, she would advise against that as well, mate. <laughs> right, I think you should take over Silks with, mate. It's the most lubrious part of something. Silk, is it? <laughs> has it still got a ski centre? It's got a ski it slope. Yes, it's got a dry ski slope. Correct. Wow. Still my there. sister, actually, one of my other sisters, actually crashed through the fence there. Really? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely, yes, yes. Did yeah, you know yeah. there's a Sunderland, by the way? I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but there's a Sunderland in Malaysia. Did you know that? I didn't know just, that. Just that. South, there Malaysia is a Sunderland so in times. Malaysia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, you there's a Sunderland wow. in Malaysia. Yep. You know, right, one of, the longest ro- one of the longest roads in Sunderland's called? What is it? The long road. Newcastle, Newcastle Road. <laughs> yes, that's true, that's true. <laughs> It's to give the Geordies an escape route. Isn't that where the dog track is? lazy. Isn't that the one where the dog track is? That's pretty lazy. Used to be a swimming bath. Used to be a swimming bath along there. Yes. Yeah. Dog track. Swimming baths used to be. Got them faders sorted? Yeah. I thought I was. I was hoping because Steve was talking, you might not have noticed. No. Not Newcastle Road. That's where the track Steve. That is where the dog track is. Yes. The A one eight three. That drive around the the seaside. Is that a lovely drive? Because that looks like a good one. That look, it wouldn't in be, Australia, it wouldn't that be, would be for you, right? People would be chasing you with uh, burning sticks and things. Yeah, right. That's true. So the A183 yes. is terrible, Roger. Plus Marston <laughs> Beach here and Whitburn Beach. and Whitburn's and all right. Marston's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Rocker yeah. Beach. Well. Yeah, there's a nice, there's a nice mm-hmm. water tower. If you're, if you're somewhere near Whitburn and you look up at the hills, you'll see a nice, a nice old uh, Victorian-built water tower. That's where our transmitter yes. is. Oh, is really? It? Is it really? Cleden Tower. Yeah. There you go. Have you got sand uh, on your beaches though? Yeah, or is it very pebbles? Posh area. Is it pebbles? Uh, we've got a mix, mate. Um, colon is probably not. Colon, someone. Uh, uh, <laughs> I thought you said colon. <laughs> Why is there a colon on the beach? There's probably one here in Newcastle <laughs> called Long Sands Beach. So if that doesn't have sand, then I, I tell you what, that's a lie. Mate, it's like Greenland. Greenland's full of ice. Uh, Iceland's full of green. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's also <laughs> a beach named Long after sands. you. Right, there's a there's a beach named is after there? you in Tyneside as well. There is, yes, Long Benton. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, we, we, well. we were supposed to talk about football there seven minutes in. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Steve. Right, on the tour of the northeast. And I, sorry about that. And Steve sorry hates geography, and we're doing northeast geography at the start. Correction, Dave. You are doing geography. You, Rai, and Ted are doing geography, not me. I've already submitted my answers, Dave. I thought, mate, I thought you did Pass. Newcastle Road. Ah, yes, that was just... <laughs> That's uh, true. That, was just, yeah, yeah. That, wasn't, that wasn't geography, did mate. That was geography, just me mate. explaining. That was just me explaining. <laughs> oh, any issue. But I hope you have a great time doing this quiz, Laz, as I take oh, five, I, ten minutes mate, off while the production <laughs> value. The production value on this quiz is unbelievable. I can't oh, No I can't expense wait. whatsoever. Yeah, you've, cert- you've certainly planted this. You've planted. You've planted an idea in most people's minds here. But the, the, the <laughs> images that you've the, the images that you've sent us on the, the WhatsApp group. Mate, we don't it, talk it about. Wasn't Tell us all about it wasn't me talking about Uranus. It wasn't me talking about it. Interesting. Interesting. And on will be revealed. Oh, we've we've done Uranus. It, we've dumbed it down so far. Steve's not pleased. You can tell, can't you? <laughs> you can tell. Yeah, we're, can no longer, tell. we're no longer Radio 4. Sorry, fellas. My no. fault. I'll take the rap. <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right, are we ready for the news headlines then? Hit me. Are, as long as you are. Yeah, well. Look. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, you sound well hacked off, mate. 
No, no, just the usual Steve Wraith on this show because we- I'm the sensible one. <laughs> well, oh, I'm regretting giving you it's that true. mantle now, like. Thanks, Ted. It's true. Here we go, then. We'll start with the sensible oh. one. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Well, good morning, Newcastle fans. With a transfer window closing next Thursday, speculation is still rife over the immediate future of various Newcastle United players. The story of Kieran Trippier's proposed move to Bayern Munich and interest from Al Abab in Miggy uh, Almiron have cooled and been replaced reports that Callum Wilson could be set to join Premier League rivals Chelsea or Liverpool after early window interest from AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. The arrival of club chairman Yasser Al-Ramayan in Northumberland has added fresh impetus to talk that deals in and out of St James's Park could still be done, assuming the strict conditions imposed by FFP can be adhered to. Newcastle return action at Craven Cottage on Saturday in an FA Cup fourth round tie against fellow Premier League side Fulham. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff. It's live on television on ITV4 and ITVX. And don't forget, if the scores are level after 90 minutes in this round, a replay will be staged. Uh, the FA have got that down as a 6th of February, but that isn't fixed and it could be altered by TV. The winners will take place in the uh, fifth round draw on Sunday, and that'll be live on ITV at about 2 o'clock, ahead of the live broadcast of Liverpool versus Norwich. And Newcastle and Fulham uh, will be number 16 if they go in together. Joe Linton's season, though, is over. Um, and that is due uh, to the thigh issue that he had. He's had his operation and that is successful. Uh, Nick Pope is also missing and the suspended Sandro Tonali. Uh, Murphy, Willock, Barnes are all at various stages of returning from injury. It's not anticipated that any of them will play in this round. We'll find out more from Eddie Howard half past nine. Target and Anderson are also on the comeback trail. No return date for them either. Uh, Callum Wilson is also due to uh, come back into the reckoning this week after missing three games, uh, but his predicted return is Aston Villa on Tuesday. And Joe White is back on Tyneside after his loan spell at Crewe, uh, but he's cup-tied. Adam Traore is unavailable for Fulham. And Newcastle have had two weeks off uh, to prepare for this game, but Fulham had a game, uh, 1-1 of course, at home to Liverpool in the second leg of the Carrier Bag Cup and uh, they lost 3-2 on aggregate. Jared Gillette is the referee. Robert Jones is on VAR, which is usually switched off. And Dylan Stevenson has made a loan move to South Shields. That's in Newcastle headlines on Friday morning. Smoggies and Proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. How are you, beautiful human beings? Happy Friday. we got a weekend of no football, so sit back, relax, and watch Beal, hashtag Beal out, take place. <laughs> Michael Carrick wants his Millsville players to learn from their Chelsea experience, but not to dwell on it as they look to refocus on their now crucial championship running. While Borough suffered a humbling defeat at Chelsea on Tuesday night in the Carabao Cup, the result certainly doesn't need to be seeming defining, says Michael. While the cup running has produced a useful escapade for many Borough players this season, their priorities has always been the championship. And after a draw with Rotherham last Saturday, Borough are now 11th in the championship, just three points outside the top six and with 18 games remaining. With all focus now on the league alone, following our end of our cup run, Carrick is clear on what his Borough players must do. Carrick told reporters, it's what's next is important and it's up to us now. Whatever happened here, the league was always going to be there for us and we need to finish strong now. We're right in the thick of it. It's a tight league and we'll look forward to a good end of the season, starting off with a derby. 
And Aston Villa have gotten tired in their chase of Morgan Rogers. Aston Villa has said now said to be after fellow championship attacker Jonathan Rowe. Rowe, currently at Norwich City, has scored 12 goals already this term, but again is someone like Middlesbrough that Norwich would ideally like to hang, love to hang on to for their own promotion push. It is yet to be tabled a bid from Aston Villa, but Aston Villa are known to be growing tired of the constant reluctance from Middlesbrough to negotiate over a deal for Morgan Rogers. We'll see how that plays out over the next few days. That's your Borough Headlines. Good morning. Mackham's and Proud, Black Cats News. Good morning and happy Friday, Sunderland fans. A little perplexed and bemused by the outside thing. No, we're not talking about my four-spelled cats. It's the view of Sunderland head coach Michael Beale during yesterday's press conference. Beale was referring to fan reaction to the Black Cats' recent form and to his overall appointment. The tone and wording has angered a large percentage of fans, especially being referred to as an outside influence. The head coach will be scrutinised further tomorrow when the lads take on Stoke at the Stadium of Light, with many fans already calling for the head coach to be sacked. It's now starting to take on the mantle of a must-win game if Bale is going to start and win over even a small amount of fans. Patrick Roberts has been ruled out for Sunderland's weekend game with Stoke City. Uh, the winger is also expected to be unavailable for the Teeswee and non-derby with Middlesbrough at the start of next month. Roberts has been sidelined since suffering a calf injury in the early stages of the one-all draw at Rotherham United between Christmas and New Year. He's missed Sunderland's last four matches and will not be involved in Stokeless at the stadium on Saturday. Finally, Kirill Louis-Dreyfus has told a meeting of the Sunderland Supporter Collective that the club will be taking serious action in response to the redecoration of the Black Cats bar ahead of the FA Cup clash with Newcastle United. The club chairman has also promised that steps will be taken will be communicated as transparently as possible with supporters. Louis Dreyfus met with representatives from the Red and White Army, the Branch Liaison Council and the Senior Supporters Association back on January the 18th, with long-standing off-field issues being the primary focus. In an opening statement in the meeting, the Red and White Army group described the arrangements around the cup tie as a complete mess and said they would consider walking away from engagement with the club should there not be a significant improvement on a number of issues. They are your Sunderland headlines. Together, across the northeast, three brand new radio stations by the fans, for the fans, on DAB Radio, online, and smart speakers. Right across, right across the northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Who's going to talk first? Well, it is my show. Not I. <laughs> it is my show uh, So we have plenty yes. to discuss As always We'll be looking ahead To the weekend's games uh, Of course uh, A weekend off For Borough uh, Thanks to Middlesbrough, uh, Middlesbrough's uh, Opponents Birmingham Getting into the next round Of the FA Cup But Sunderland uh, Do have A make or break game Potentially we could describe it uh, Against Stoke For uh, Beal Who yeah. uh, has everyone Scratching their head I guess And, and I, I want to start with that um, uh, His press conference Yesterday Ted <laughs> He doesn't understand Why he doesn't understand why the fans want him out, um, and, and and again he just he literally pigeonholed Sunderland, and, and you know basically he's trying to, I think in his roundabout way was trying to explain you are where you are, and you know that's that's it, that's your loss. I mean he played yep. everything down, but and, and and then and then just comes out with well I just don't understand why there's a why there's momentum to get me out of the club. I mean. You know, it, it this is going to run and run now, unfortunately, until until a decision's made with Beal, and and I don't know. I haven't watched what, <laughs> haven't watched what the owners, uh, you know, 
know, at, 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 at saying about you know various things. I just, I just don't see, I just don't see it happening over the next couple of weeks. Certainly, I think no. certainly, uh, certainly, Bill will be in charge when it comes to the Borough game. I think, but um, yeah, I mean, what, what have you made of the latest utterings of uh, of Bill, mate? Well, I was at work yesterday. I, I, I went and made me little cuppa like I do in the afternoon, thinking, oh yeah, press conference around about now. I'll see how that's getting on, and, and I just opened up Twitter because um, well, that's what we're calling it, um, and just saw it was like the first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan. It was just like it was just like warfare. I'm like, what on earth is going on here? And then I eventually sat down and watched the press conference last night, thinking, are people just jumping on this because he's unpopular and all that kind of thing? Because I know Sunderland fans do get like sort of you know. I rate and quickly angered, I guess, with certain things, but everybody's within their rights on this, because because that that press conference was just, it was led with sarcasm, it was uh, it was kind of deflecting blame away from from him, it was all it was almost to the point where he was almost trying to take the credit for the for the wins that we got while uh, while Dodsey was in charge. It was it was just. It was cringeworthy. I'm looking at this guy thinking, you're a professional coach and I can't believe what's coming out of your mouth. So <laughs> I've got a little quote here from it. If we win that game, he's talking about the Stoke game, if we win that game, I think we will go back to just outside the playoffs on goal difference. It's a huge crisis at this football club, youngest team in the league. We haven't got the biggest budget. We're sat three points off the playoffs with a home game coming up. I'm a little perplexed and bemused by the outside thing. Excuse me? Oh, didn't Mogger get didn't Mogger get fired for uh, less than that? Yep. Way less yes. than that. Way less yep. than that. Referring to fans as the outside th- the outside thing. You arrogant prat. That is absolutely unforgivable. We are not the outside thing. We are the thing that's kept that club going for years. Owners have come and gone, and you know the, the, we've either been you know the American businessman's folly for a little while, and then you know he made a mess of that because he didn't have the right people around him. We have kept that club going. Nobody else. We are not an outside thing. We're very much an inside thing. And then the whole thing about it's a huge crisis at this football club, youngest team in the league, and haven't got the biggest budget, and we're sat three points off the playoffs. What an absolute sarcastic snake he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely done with them. I'm absolutely done, and so so is the majority of people as well. I mean, even we you know, se- seasoned Feel press out. people, seasoned press people, who, who, you know, the likes right. of James Copley. James, James is obviously me and you know, Jimmy uh, Coppers. 100%. Jimmy Coppers is a lot more eloquent than what I am, and he and he, he words things nicely. But I'm seeing seasoned seasoned pro journalists on there, the likes of Michael Graham, who goes into Captain Fish Paste on on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Michael's. Michael's absolutely like livid, and it's got everybody livid. I can't believe some of the comments. I mean, now literally, the club posted something last night on social media about having some sort of uh, what is it? What they call the kit man sale. So obviously, we're past halfway in the season. They're selling some of the uh, the kits off the train and tops, all that sort of thing. And literally on the post, all you're seeing is bail out. Any <laughs> any single thing that the club are posting out at the minute is bail out. He's just took it too far. He had a golden opportunity Unbelievable to address chef. things. Do you know, he even said we didn't play that badly against Hull. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, were you watching the... Wow. Listen, I'd had four pints of Guinness and I could see that we were absolutely dire. 
<laughs> he had a golden opportunity to be honest and say, do you know what? At the minute, it's not good enough, and I can understand the supporters' frustration. That, that's all we needed to hear. It's crazy. I, I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the arrogance of it. I mean, and, and I'm obviously, you know, not a Sunderland fan, and, and I just yeah. thought, wow, what on earth? What on earth is he doing here? I mean, right? Do you think he's signing his own? He's signing his own P forty five. I mean, he's he'll be on a contract here. But I mean, this could be the sh- one of the shortest lived managerial posts in Sunderland's history. Um, it could be the shortest managerial post in football history. The way he's going, <laughs> is he trying to get sacked, Ray? I don't know if he is or if it's just his way of banter. I mean, I don't know the bloke well enough, but I was obviously feeding that WhatsApp group that we don't talk about last night with all of his comments because I'm one of those revered reporters that uh, Ted was talking about um, at Inrictus. Uh, I'm up there with Jimmy Coppers and the likes. Uh, And it it was incredible to see what was coming out of his mouth. To say it's a huge crisis now, I know it was cheek in tongue, why would you say that? And then, like, as as we, and then, yeah, and then we, what did I say? Tonguey mouth, cheek and tongue. Did I? Oh my god! Uh, you know, with the with your cheek around your tongue. Sandwich, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Morgan can't say that the strikers suck because that gets him sacked. Do you know what I mean? But he can come out and, and say, "Oh, we're in a huge crisis, and you know, we're a, the youngest squad, and you know, the, I don't know about that outside noise talking about his own fan base." But Moga gets sacked for saying the strikers suck. Come on, this is ridiculous. Like. It's honestly, yeah, it was it was embarrassing. And then to make it worse as well, I don't know if you all saw this, the uh, stadium of light. Yeah, the lights went out during his press conference. <laughs> they, yeah. lost, they lost power <laughs> mid-press conference and they lost all light so and they had now, to postpone. Do we now call it the stadium of no light? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was hilarious. I honestly though. think somebody it, pulled the plug on him. It honestly, yeah, it honestly couldn't have gone more wrong than yesterday. I just think at this time right now, Sunderland are hurting, right? It's been a bad derby week. It's been a bad time with the, the appointment. It's been a bad run of results. They needed someone to came, come in yesterday and say, right, we're up for the fight. We've got the end of the season now. We're going to gel together. The fans are behind us no matter what. You know, we love our fan base. They'll carry us and be that 12th man, blah, blah, blah. Just really bring and galvanize this club together because at the moment there's there's, there's splinters all over the place. There's splinters in the boardroom. There's splinters with, the, you know, with, with the, what happened with the bar. There's splinters with not bringing any players in, all this sort of stuff, right? And they need someone who is honestly like the wood glue. And they can't, and they, they, just, they, that's the, they put it all on their shoulders and say, righto, come with me. I'm going to lead this great club to victory and blah, 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 blah. But he just came in with like a hammer and just went nuts. And like, it was, it was, it was wild. Right? And it just, it just splintered it even more. And he pushed the already, uh, you know, volatile fan base that he has against him even further away. And if there was some out there that were probably still, which there is, there's probably still a few that are like, oh, give him time, blah, blah, blah. He probably turned a few heads uh, in from their direction as well because, yeah, it, it was it was not a good press conference at all. Not at what the timing of, of, you know, not the timing to be sarcastic and all that sort of stuff and just say it's a huge crisis. And it, it just, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Dave, at every club, there's a media department. There's a, the, you know, there's a head of media, um, and and they, you know, Newcastle Lee Marshall um, is the man who's often sitting next to Eddie Howe or walking him onto the pitch, walking him off the pitch. At, you know, when when Newcastle are live on TV, mm. you know he, you know, whenever there's a an interjection needed, if there's some there's some potential uh, question that's asked by the press, and and you know, you know, he doesn't want Eddie Howe to answer that because he can't, um, or it's tied by Premier League rules. Lee's very quick to interject now 
it, we don't seem to have that at Sunderland. You don't seem to see it. You don't seem to see anyone guiding him. There has to be somebody there. It'll be easy to find out who it is at the club. But you know, you know, is this a bit of a failing on their behalf? Because they know they, 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 you know, whoever that person is, they will have been there for a considerable amount of time. They will have certainly been there under the, you know, the reign of Mogger. So they know why. They will know the reasons why you know Mogger didn't survive at the club they will know the things to say and not to say they will know the history of the club they will know what the fans are like so you know they the media what? man plays a big part Dave and this is this has been your life you know yeah, the is. situation what would you advise what would you you know surely you would advise and, being, I'd advise getting mate. somebody in who knows what they're doing somebody who's yeah. who's <laughs> adapted to crisis management because yep. he Beal should have been briefed before the event to say you're likely to get these questions these are the su- suggested replies. You know, yep. you might get asked on this. You, uh, our point we want to make overall is this. You know, there should have been a full briefing, particularly now where you're entering crisis management, and that's the specialism of a good communications person. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. Um, it was me. Uh, yeah, it was right. Uh, who was he? Was commercial director at Olympic Marseille until recent weeks. And their okay, media department oh, yeah. has 21 staff. Their media department Ooh. has 21 wow. staff because they feel wow. that's what's needed to run a club of that stature. Now, yep. how Sunderland haven't like got somebody, how Sunderland haven't got somebody, even one person who's got all the Beale and said, look, mate, you know, it's not pretty outside, so let's do a little bit of prep for this event let's brief yeah, you on was... what we're expecting you know these are the lines we really we've thought it through this is what we want you to be portraying the fa- i mean the easy one is the fans are against you so don't antagonize them yeah exactly that is the job exactly there are, there are too many there are too many two-bit communication managers officers uh, executives in football because football has a reputation of hiring the wrong people Right across the board, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to name any names of any football clubs around the UK, but you can go at the lowest level to the highest level. At the lowest level, you can almost excuse it because a lot of it's volunteers that run. They come in, they give yeah. their time, they do their best, and that is amazing and fantastic because a lot of our non-league clubs would not run without an army of volunteers. But when you're getting to the professional tiers of football, you should have professionals in key places and key areas of responsibility, and that is so missing this day and age. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who it is. I mean, I've, I've done a quick Google search of it, and I mean, unfortunately, the, the, well, just things aren't up to date. Louise Wanless was the head of media yeah. and communications uh, under Ella Short. But I don't she think she's there anymore. No, she's, uh, she's not passed away anymore. Yeah, passed she away passed couple, away. Yeah, passed away a couple of years ago. Oh, well, there you go. So so that's how up-to-date the, the social media. Oscar Chamberlain seems to be another person who is connected, head I think of communications. He's, he's, he's head of commercial market. and communications, isn't he? Head of communications, digital and marketing at Sunderland. Marketing, so that okay. again wouldn't yeah. be that wouldn't be the that wouldn't be the job either, would it? So uh, the fact well, that it we don't should really be if he's head of communications. So it could be him then who sits alongside um, uh, alongside Beale. So it's his job then if, if he is the guy um, who who is to, you know to, to to get the message across that the club want to you know convey. Um, I, look, I get it. Some managers um, are, are alluring to themselves. Imagine a press a press officer having to sit alongside Jose Mourinho or you know. <laughs> you, you, you know but they or do. Jürgen, but or they Jürgen, do. Kl- 
Or the good you, ones too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they've got to sit alongside them and they've got to guide them. And that's that's where that's where that's where Sunderland seem to be lacking because there's just no awareness. You know, and and I think I think it's really important that you know if you're not from the area and you're not a fan of the club, you need to be briefed on these things. You know, um, that's where Lee Marshall's done a good job. Lee Lee's previous job, I think, was at Sunderland, um, and I think he's from the borough, if I remember rightly. Who was that? If I, Lee Marshall at Newcastle, and I think he's a Middlesbrough fan. Um, yeah, he is. Um, so Lee Marshall, you know, we when all you are. think when you think about it, he does a fantastic job at Newcastle. Bearing in mind that you know he's he's not a fan of the club, and he and he's got the club's best interest at heart. And at the time under Ashley, he even had to do. He was doing three jobs. He was the head of communications and and like the press officer, but he was also doing the fans liaison job. So he's having a lazy wow. liaison supporters, um, and you know he was also uh, you know marketing and, and pushing the program and stuff because it was a skeleton staff. So yeah, look, I I just think this is you know Beal Beal's definitely you know needs reining in and it's the media part it's the media you know the media side of the club need to do that but well, uh, we're seventh we've had a couple of whatsapps in on this and uh we had a couple of whatsapps in from those outside things sorry i'm just getting a bit carried away there um <laughs> sean sean sent us a message he said i don't Morning, even sean. i don't even listen to beale anymore speakman coming out with some of the best coaching he's ever seen just pack your bags and and i've got to rephrase this next yeah. bit uh, just get out of our club so, um, I, I, sorry, I just yeah. had to tone that Couldn't down a bit. Shut the fridge door. Yeah, indeed. Yes. Barry's been on. He says, morning, Barry. He says, Barry. Uh, I'm not a Sunderland fan, but any manager who disrespects the fans like that, just get the hell out. Uh, the fans are the well blood. The, the fans are the blood of the club, whether it's red and white or black and white. Cracking show, guys. So, if you want to get your comments nah, in this morning, you thank can. Thank you. Or three three or or four three two thousand and. Too. Sorry, Steve, I just wanted to get the... No worries, just after half seven, we need to uh, play some ads and have some sport headlines, so we will be back after this. Together across the northeast. The Turnberg and the Red. Oh, we're back, boys. Um, one thing I do like is Steve's message to, you know, that WhatsApp group that we don't talk mm. about. He's already, yep. he's already answered the questions to Radio <laughs> Dad's Out of This World quiz, which we haven't done yet. Um, <laughs> the unfortunate thing is, I'm only doing three questions, and he's giving me ten answers. So which ones do I take? <laughs> that covers the next. That covers the next three stupid quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't he? And one for look. And is one he, for look. Is he far too sensible for this show, lads? I mean, come on. He's just a giggle a minute, isn't he? <laughs> I, you, I am a bad loser. How do you know you're going to lose? I've, I don't play quizzes. Oh, mate, I've, I've, I've put Aww. a football spin on them as well. Well, that's good. Yeah, look, I'll listen. What I've actually got, lads, is I've got something sorted out. So when you're when you're doing this, this will be playing. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it is your show, mate. Hey, by the way, will you be, will you be listening when, when Goldie joins us? That young actress from Middlesbrough's on Jack Dosh has just done a, a first red carpet at the premiere uh, this week in the northeast. Uh, I thought I thought you might want to have a chat with her. But as, long, as long as you don't put the quiz on when she's on. All right, then. We're good. So it's safe. You know, I didn't want to... I should probably I, I, win. I did. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be... <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, let's talk football. 
All right, football under fire Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag is expected to discover his fate next month uh, once incoming part owner Sir Jim Rick, uh, Ratcliffe is allowed to speak publicly about his plans. So, lads, the question is, has he done enough to keep his job? Um, I personally think um, they'll stick with him. I don't think they'll want to unbalance the dressing room because they haven't found they haven't found the best form, but they've found form which you know I didn't think they were going to they're going to be there or thereabouts I think in the running for a European slot I don't think they'll do Champions League but Ten Hag seems to have managed to recapture the you know the the respect of the players in the dressing room um he's managed to you know get rid of um what seemed to be his major problem in the in in the dressing room uh, in in Sancho but he's he seems to have got the respect um, of the players. Of course, he won the Carabao Cup last season uh, against Manchester United, uh, against Newcastle United. So you've got, you know, he's, he's bought himself a bit of time. I think I don't think Ratcliffe's going to come in and, and and try and you know move the goalposts that that you know that far wide. So for me, I think I think he has. But you know, Ry, your your thoughts on on Ten Hag? We've we've discussed Manchester United a lot uh, on here since we started in August and. I think it's because you know that they still are you know one of the biggest, if not the biggest, club in the world. With you know with support you know around the world. What what's yeah. your thoughts? Do you think Ten Hag will? Do you think Ten Hag will see the season out with Manchester United and then you know they'll they'll decide what they're going to do after that? Yeah, I think so. I think it'd be you know silly for them if they. I think if they're going to do it, they would have done it already, especially to give that new manager a January transfer window. So I think you're absolutely right. I think Ten Hag gets till the end of the season. There's not too many names out there that spring to mind that would could come in and replace him. I mean, Jose Mourinho is available, but we know how that worked out. I doubt they'll go back down there. Uh, and then obviously Graham Potter still, but you know whether he's waiting for Man United or the England job, you just don't know. So it, I don't think there's anyone out there that springs to mind unless they want to Neil Warnock the Man United, which I'd love to see. Do that, please, Man United. That'd be great. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's not there's no one out there that I feel like they could turn to that's better than Ten Hag at the moment. So. I, I still think, yes, I think Ratcliffe will obviously sit down. They'll have that meeting. They'll look at the results. They'll look at the players. They've got still a lot to sort out for me. They've solved only partially some of their issues in terms of Jaden Sancho going off to Dortmund. That's only a loan. So at some point he's got to come back. Do you know what I mean? And they're going to have to either sell him off or do whatever to sort that out. They've obviously got the Mason Greenwood. He's also on loan. They're going to have to sort that out. Uh, they've also got the Harry Maguire. Will he stay? Will he won't? Do you know what I mean? That sort of thing. So there's still a few on-field issues. Now, whether they leave that up to Ten Hag or they give a, a manager a fresh perspective, uh, the, the chance to look over that squad and make the decision, you know, I, I'm not too sure because I just don't think there's anyone out there that's better than Ten Hag for the job at the moment. But they've obviously... You know, they, they are one of the world's biggest football clubs. Like you said, I often walk around in a Millsborough top here uh, down in Australia and everyone says to me, oh, yeah, I love Man United. And then I give them a glare and walk off as if it's like, they're like Ted. Uh, so it's um, it's still one of the biggest clubs, you know, recognised even around Asia. You, know, you see you see all the knockoff Man United shirts and stuff like that. So they're, they're, they, they've got to try and get it right because, you know, they've got such a large fan base that, you know, and their, their revenue and their income, you know, demands it sort of thing. So they've got to start getting it right somehow because for them to be middle table, you know, Premier League is, is not what Man United's about. So it'll be interesting, one to watch from the outside. But yeah, I think Ten Hag will, to answer your question, be given to at least the end of the season. If he goes in the off season, it's going to be a massive, massive turnaround, maybe a fire sale. 
Mm, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Thoughts, Ted. I mean, you know, Ten Hag. He's you know he's 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 stuck to his guns. I think that's what I've I think that's what I've liked about him. I, you know, yeah. I, I, he got on me wick last year. The way that he was going on about Newcastle and the dark arts and and all of that. This year, he seems to have reined things in a bit. Um, a bit like Klopp. Uh, Klopp, Klopp still has a go at officials, but seems to have he, he seems to have toned down the arrogance with interviews and and stuff like that. I think he's watched himself back and and done a little bit of you know character yeah. correction in, in interviews. But Ten Hag, I think, has been very well. He's been different, um, but I think he's I think he's done enough to to keep his job at Manchester United. I don't think Ratcliffe's going to come in and make such a radical change. But what, what's what's your take on him? I, I agree with you and uh, to a certain point I think Den Haag has, has become more more kind of like an acceptable face of Man United um, I think that the morning on about the officials and like you say the, the dark arts I love that expression um, yeah and, and he was a little bit about that I think he's been unlucky in some respects I mean I, I don't know how much input Ten Hag's had in, in terms of transfer policy the players that brought in the unrest for the likes of Jadon Sancho Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford blows blows hot and cold. I know, I'm, I'm I'm reticent to kind of like have a go about Rashford because I know how much good work he does outside of football. The the kid's amazing what what he's done for you know for for families and kind of uh, underprivileged kids all that sort of thing. But ultimately, when it comes down to his job, he's very hot and cold, and I don't think that's helped Ten Hag as well. So he's almost been unlucky with the the players he's got at his disposal. Um. You know, the, the likes of Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire is not a bad player, despite what people think. Harry Maguire is good at playing a certain style of football. If you're looking to play out the back and hold a high line, then it, you aren't getting the best out of Harry Maguire. If you're going to sit deep and be in a, a, a counter-attacking team, then Harry Maguire becomes your man, playing in the centre of a three-man centre-back defence. But ultimately... Ultimately, I think Radcliffe will make changes, mate. Um, I, I, I think they'll go for somebody to... To get the fans excited, um, I think they'll go for a name, a figure that players will want to come to Manchester United for and, and, and be around and be coached by and probably still at the age of, what is he, 51, uh, still see technical ability like nobody else can can prov- uh, produce on the planet. Uh, you know where I'm going with this. I think it'll be Zidane. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think, oh. they'll go out I think they'll get Zidane. I think they'll go out and spend the really? money and make a statement. Man United need to make a statement because at this moment in time, they, they, they're on the slide. Uh, they, their stock value just ain't what it used to be. And, you know, I, I even I, even in the days when, when Sunderland were in the Premier League and I've, saw Man, I've seen Man United come to the stadium, I'm going, who the hell's Donald Love? You know, and like people like that. Paddy, Paddy McNair, I mean, Paddy McNair barely gets a game for Middlesbrough. He was a Man United player. People forget that. It's kind of like... Yeah. They've just lost their way. Then somebody like Zidane can can bring players in of the level and of the stature that Man United are as a club, and and I think that's the way they'll go with it, mate. They need a great coach, and their answer is Michael Beale. Yay! <laughs> mate, he couldn't even drive a great coach. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Somebody said about somebody said about one of Newcastle's managers years ago. The only way to make a good coach is if you knock all his teeth out and put seats in. 
Um, oh, please, no. please find out where that quote came from. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a good one. It is a good one. I, I, keep it on the Manchester United theme, sort of. Roy Keane, um, you know, he's been interviewed, you know, many times, you know, in the media. Obviously, he's a he's a good pundit. Uh, uh, you know, I hated him as a player, but I think he's really good as a pundit. Um, you know, the, the yeah. you know the the, the the honesty from him is, is is great, and the fact that he he, he just has that way of looking at uh, some of his former fellow professionals in a disdaining way when he thinks they're talking absolute <laughs> rubbish um, but he has been he has been you know talking about management again and he's you know he's yeah. basically admitted that the dynamics of an international role appeal to him um, because he has been linked recently with the, the Republic of Ireland managerial vacancy um, I, I just want to know and we'll start with you on this one Ted because you know ultimately he's, he's managed your club um, he was at yep. Sunderland between 2006 Very successfully. and in 2008 um you know is is he right in, in in what he says about himself do you think do you think that you know potentially the republic of ireland job is the best way forward for him and going into international management is the is the right way um because he hasn't managed since he left ipswich town in 2011 was, there was lots of you know there was lots of you know uh, i think Press camped outside his house. He's walking around, you know, going out for a walk with his dog. You know, he's 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 done a, he's done it before where he's he's been involved with the Republic of Ireland and walked away from you know walked away from an international tournament because he wasn't happy with yeah. the way things were going. He wasn't happy with the you know the, the, the you know the the pitch that they were training on. He wasn't happy with the facilities. And Have you read the book? He went. I haven't read the books. Yeah. No. Oh, they're brilliant. Fantastic. Read them Go side on. by side, so you get Go both. On, Dave. You get both sides. No, no. Look, I, I was just asking the question because obviously what uh, Mick McCarthy says in his book is completely different to what Roy Keane says in his book about that incident or or you know that that competition. Um, so if anybody's out there, it is well worth. Um, reading them both one after another, so you get you get both sides of the argument. Because so somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle is the truth. Then. You would expect, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah you would. Yeah. yeah, is he is he somebody then, Ted? That you would say, yeah, I think you know international management's for him, or do you think you should leave it alone? I mean, it, it's a hell of a gap that 2011. Um, you know, you're talking 13 years out of being a manager of any mm. sort, uh, sitting on sitting on a sofa talking about the game. The game's moved on. Is it, is it something, even at international level, the game's moved on? Is it something that maybe you should leave? Or, or would you think, yeah, give it a go, Kino? I think he's doing himself a massive disservice by just limiting himself to, to international football. I think somebody like Roy Keane, who... I mean, it's it's not like us sitting watching, watching the football, do you know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying. Yes, the game has moved on. Um, but Roy Keane did it as a player at the very, very highest level and played under, for me two of the greatest managers that's ever lived um, in, in Cluffy and, and Sir Alex. The the insights that Roy Keane can give to players is absolutely invaluable. You, you can't buy the kind of experience that he's got. If Roy Keane was available to come back to Sunderland and come and manage us again, I, I think every single fan would, would, would snap your hands off. They certainly would right now. Um, I, he watches the game on a, on a regular basis. He... He doesn't just watch a game though, he analyzes it. And and you can tell by you can tell by the insights he gives you. Yes, he's he's great at entertainment value, and I, I I agree with you, mate. He, the little sideways glances he gives to the likes of Mika Richards and all that lot, it's it's gold. It's absolute entertainment gold. But at the same time, when you listen to what he has to say, the insights about how the game should be played and what players should be doing, 
there is a coach there. There is there is a manager there still. And I, I don't think he should limit his options to international football. I would love to see Roy Keane back in the league. Not just because he is high entertainment value. You know, th- those press conferences were brilliant. I remember, you know, the, the, the absolute deathly stare he gave a, a journalist whose phone started ringing um, in, in one of the press conferences. <laughs> I remember that. That was just incredible. And then there was obviously, you know, things like um, Robbie Keane and, and all that sort of thing. Is he, is he going to get some time off because uh, his wife's just given birth to the baby? The answer came back, well, he hasn't, he hasn't had it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not getting any time off at all. He hasn't given birth to it. Um, but, yeah, Roy Keane is is a huge figure in football and I absolutely 100% think he, he's, he's still got a job in management. People forget, or he only managed two clubs. He managed Sunderland and he managed Ipswich. The Ipswich one didn't pan out, ultimately. The Sunderland job, he took us from bottom of the league, we were inside the bottom three, to getting promoted as champions in the same season. Do not underestimate the the, the impact that Roy King can have on a football club, mate. Absolutely not. Right, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, as I say, I'm, I'm, I am a Roy Keane fan now. Um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I think, oh, I think Ted's right. I think he's, I think he's wasted if he, if he just limits himself to going into, to international management. I think, you know, he, he should give it another crack at, you know, at, at club level. My, my only concern would be that he's been out of the game too long, and you know, the, no amount of sitting on a sofa, uh, commentating on it can, you know, can beat the, the, the experience. If, if anything. The day-to-day management of a modern-day footballer, I would say, is an issue because I don't think Keane's, you know, I don't think he's a fan of, of <laughs> other footballers anyway because no. he judges them by his own standards. So can you imagine yeah. him walking into a dressing room with the likes of Sancho <laughs> and Pogba and, uh, you know, I just, I just don't think he'd, I just don't think he'd suffer fools gladly. I, th- I think he'd end up having a, you know, I think he'd end up having a row with with somebody on the first day. You absolutely took the words out of my mouth. I actually was going to disagree. I think he needs to stand as a pundit because I think he's better suited to that now. I think he's been out of it for such a long time that it's kind of probably gone past him. But I think his style of management doesn't play well with the kids of today, if that makes any sense. So if you've got a squad of youngsters like Sunderland do, I'm talking 19, 20-year-olds, and that generation is a different breed, all right? We've seen... We've seen that the style of going in there and screaming, yelling, ranting, telling them to get off their phones, get it training it by 9am and that doesn't work. AK Jordan, Jaden Sancho and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like that his style of management is now, unfortunately and sadly for us, that love him as a footballer and love him as the character is kind of a bygone era. You kind of need a soft, calm, personal man you know man-to-man management style now i think of eddie howe i think of michael carrick that could sit down put their arm around a young kid who's just broken up with his girlfriend and he's absolutely devastated and he doesn't know how his life's going to go on and and then all of a sudden do you know what i mean now now saturday's around and he's got to play football and he's like well but my girl's left me coach i don't know what to do and you know here comes eddie howe oh listen mate you're all right don't worry about it Get out there. Now, okay, Roy King, calm down, please. All right. It, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just not going to work. So, it, uh, unfortunately, I think, uh, but him as a pundit is legendary. I absolutely love him as a pundit. I love what he does there. I think internationally, maybe because he'll have a mix of, of, of obviously, wealth, uh, sorry, youth and 
uh, a wealth of experiences there. You'll have, you know, young and old. That could probably suit him and allow him to still do some punditry. But at club football level, I don't think. I think he knows that as well. I don't think he's, you know, the right man to go in. Maybe, maybe like a football director where he can just, you know, maybe at your Salford or something like that, where he can just give his advice and that. Maybe that works. But as the actual club's manager, uh, I just think, unfortunately for him, his man management style, his his era of football, the way he talks, the way, you know, he is, which we love. It's just, unfortunately, just not something that reacts well with 18, 19-year-olds of today. It just doesn't. And, and, and it sucks. And it's, you know, but you just can't be mean. I mean, in the, I talk about the military. The military, when I joined, if I had have said anything out of line, I would have got whacked around the ears, uh, you know, punched in the back, punched in the ribs, and then told to get on with it. Do you know what I mean? But these days, they've now, you know, you can't touch them. You can't, you can't, you know, belittle anyone. You know, it's a whole level of new discipline that they try and train into recruits these days because the generation has changed. And unfortunately, football is the same thing there as well. Dave, what's your thoughts on Keno? You know, going back into management. I like Keno, but I like Keno because he tells it as it is, and I just think club management will create too many frustrations for him. Uh, I just, you know, I I can see him getting getting frustrated, angry, um, annoyed. I think he'd fall out with players on a regular basis because maybe they're not up to the, the, the they're not up to the quality of, of, of being a player as he was and you get frustrated with that you get frustrated with limitations on on, on spend on transfers uh, I just don't think club football's cut out for him because it's 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 day in day out seven days a week it's there for the long haul and I just think he doesn't have the right character to stick that out on a long-term basis I could see him moving into a club uh, and he'd probably walk away after nine months 12 months something like that because because of the character he is I agree with Rye international football isn't day in day out international football is a, a lot of watching football absolutely a lot of watching your players and your, your, your prospective players who you want to keep an eye on but it's not that day-to-day management, which is seven days a week. So I think he'd be better suited for an international position. There'd be none better than the Republic of Ireland job for Roy Keane because because of, of, of who he is and his background. Um, so I, I could see him getting into international football management, but I really don't see him being any sort of success in club management. Interesting stuff. Okay, got about five or six minutes until uh, the uh, the headlines. Um, transfer window is open, um, much to the annoyance of me. Newcastle's players still being linked with uh, <laughs> every other club possible. Uh, Callum Wilson, of course, as I mentioned in the headlines, linked with uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. Uh, but championship clubs are lining up for Liverpool's fringe stars this month. After Reds assistant boss Pep Linders said defenders Nat Phillips and Calvin Ramsey are likely to go out on loan in the last week of the transfer window. So the question to my championship brothers here is, would Sunderland or Borough be in the queue for, for either one of those players? Are they, are they keeping an eye on these players, do you think, uh, Ted? Um, I, I think players like that will come into it. Um, I know for a fact that Speakman said yesterday that we're, we've actually got bids in for four players at this moment in time. Um, two would be permanent signings, two would be loan signings. I, I looked into that and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we've, if we've tried to open talks um, with Liverpool. Nat Phillips, um, or is he, he's mid-twenties, so it's, it's maybe he's a little bit older than, than what a speaker would normally be looking for. However, 
I think they are now cottoning on to this idea that um, that the model doesn't work. I mean, they've already offered Alex Pritchard a new contract. So th I think they're starting to see sense that they do need a bit more experience in the ranks. Um, we are drastically short on the left-hand side of defence. Um, unless he missed out the last game, he was our only other um, fit left-back that we had. Because obviously Dennis Serkin is a, a bit of a long-term doubt. Uh, and of course, poor Niall Huggins is, is out for the rest of the season and probably the start of next as well uh, because of that, that horrendous knee injury. So yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I, the only surprise for me is that, is that Burstow hasn't actually gone back to Chelsea. Um, I don't know how many loan players you're actually allowed in your squad these days, but I think we still have room for more. So yeah, it, it's probably a, a decent shout, mate. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if one of those two loan offerings is uh, is 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 either Nat Phillips or, or, or sorry the the names are absolutely Calvin Ramsey isn't it Calvin yes. Ramsey yeah yeah um, yeah I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of them um, obviously Callum Styles the kid from from Barnsley is thought to be an initial loan with with a view to buy him later on as much as I, I kind of poo pooed that idea um, the other day yes I said poo pooed get over it come on we're all adults. Um, it's what I've read of him. This kid is absolutely great. Um, it, the great reviews about him. He's very, very highly rated. Callum Styles. So that loan, loan with a view to a buy, isn't a bad one. But yeah, defensive reinforcements from Liverpool probably not a bad thing, mate. Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, Ray, your your feelings on that? Would you know? Would Borough you know benefit from a, a Phillips or a Ramsey coming in from from Liverpool? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Michael did say and, and, and Borough have been alluding to the fact that they are waiting for those Premier League teams to sort of decide who's in and who's out. And that normally happens now in this last week where they've brought in who they wanted to. They've decided, right, he's not going to probably play for us and we can let some of those fringe players go. And I think Middlesbrough are kind of waiting for that. But to normally just probably to strike in the striker area rather than defending area. I think Luke Ailey's come in and he's going to be a solid signing in that right back role. Uh, and I think we've obviously got Matt Clark, Dale Fry, you know, Paddy McNair's just come back to fitness as well. You've got young Rand Vandenberg, and then you've got Bangura and Engel on the other side. So I think in the in the defensive lines, we're actually pretty solid now. Um, and then, you, you know, you, you'd, you'd <laughs> ask... Chelsea the same. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, Teddy boy. Uh, but in terms of in terms of actual players on the, on the you know, on the listing, I think we're, we, you know, we've got enough to... To not warrant having to go there. I think if we are going to go and strike anywhere, it's going to be a loan for a striker or a centre forward somewhere that is probably one of those young, you know, kids that, you know, Liverpool or Chelsea or Man United. Uh, this Ahmed Diallo thing seems to seemingly keeps getting linked with us because of Michael Carrick. I don't see that happening. Uh, and obviously, we're obviously, I think, waiting to see what happens with Morgan Rogers as well, whether he goes out for a significant fee. If he does, can we reinvest that within the time frame? So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting sort of close to the week. But, you know, to answer your question, do we are we actually targeting Liverpool, those players directly? I don't think so. I just don't think they're the type of players that Michael Carrick's after. Uh, he's always said that the player that comes in, and he's so adamant about this because everyone's like, oh, what about this? What about this? And this, he goes, it's got to be the right player that fits into my club, that fits into my philosophy, but it also is one for the future of this club, not someone we can bring, just bring in to glue a gap. Because we said when you start gluing a lot of things, it all falls apart. So he, he's very adamant, you know, with Finazaz that they, we brought him in as a four-year deal. Luke Ayling is, you know, he's on a contract to the end of the season when then he's out of deal, you know, he's out of, sorry, contract with Leeds in the summer. 
So then you could potentially get him on a free if he performs well. You know what I mean? And and there's other you know significant you know sort of evidence there that they're not throwing their money around like they used to. The Ryan Giles one, you know, him coming back to the championship, you know, was there a potential for us to do a loan there as well? You know, that's not going to happen because one, his pay packet's too big uh, and he doesn't fit the bill. So yeah, I I don't see them, uh, don't see those two uh, lads coming to the bar, unfortunately, because, you know, I'd love as many players as we could get for the running with the injuries we've had. Yeah, clearing, clearing the decks of youngsters and, and getting them out on loan and getting them experience is important, Dave, isn't it, really? And then, I mean, that's why Liverpool are doing this. It is. Um, it is. But, I mean, Borough are very much like Sunderland in terms of their strategy now, their recruitment strategy. They want to bring in younger, younger players who they can develop and not just use it as a, a stepping st- use the club as a stepping stone for a player to get experience. I mean, that's, they've, made that, they've made that clear. Um, so if yeah. they were to bring younger players in, it'll be the likes of what they're looking at now and who they've been bringing in now. Luke Ayling obviously is a, an exception to that. But I do think they're in such a situation that they've gone through such an injury crisis. And I was having this conversation last night on, the, on Andy Campbell's show on The Red, uh, the former Borough striker. Um, I think they're in a situation now where they're still so close to the playoffs, despite that horrendous run they've had. They've lost more games now, haven't they? Or they must be very close to losing more, having lost a lot more games now than they did in the entire last season. But yet they're still three points away from the playoffs. And I think they're looking at this and thinking, we still have a huge number of players missing, whether it be on international duty or come back in the next three or four weeks, or whether it is the long-term injury list where we're starting to see players come back like like O'Brien and people like that. Um, where they might look at the striker situation, and particularly now um, with Villa sniffing so heavily, um, they might look at a loan, but I think it'll be an experienced player loan. I think they will do a Luke Ayling on this one. I think if they're going to bring a loan player in, it'll be somebody who can be of benefit to the club for the next six months, the next four months, rather than a young player who might be useful, but is going to go back to another club. So... I don't see them going for those players from Liverpool. We could be massively wrong and they'll sign tomorrow, but uh, I think <laughs> yeah. if they're going to go for if they're going to go for a loan despite their current policy of young talent, find it, buy it, develop it, then um, I just get that I just get that feeling it's going to be another experienced player coming through the doors. Okay, 8 o'clock uh, on the Northeast Footy Brecky show. Time for the news headlines and a tune will be back after this. Tell you what, boys, he might have not been the most handsome of chaps, but he was blooming talented. Very good. Lungs, didn't he? He did. Fantastic. Jeez, one of the best crowd warmer uppers as well, I tell you, that guy. Wow. Unreal. Unreal. Best best entertainer ever, I think. In in terms of a band leader, yeah, not not to be beaten. Yeah, incredible. What do you make of the movie, Steve? I loved it. Yes, yeah, um, so you know what? I, I think some people go in with a uh, just a I don't know an attitude of being critical about these things. You know, mm. films a film, it's entertainment. Um, I enjoyed the Elton John film. I enjoyed the, the the Freddie Mercury film. You know, any anything like that. The Doors. You know, I'm a big fan of the Doors, yeah. and I, I I did enjoy that one. I think you've just got to sit back and enjoy it. Yeah. The, the, the Elvis Presley one was brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, he really nailed that part. I haven't managed to watch this. Priscilla film at the moment but I, I will watch it because I think that, that I mean again that's getting pretty decent reviews but I think for me 
no matter what I watch at the cinema, I don't listen to the re reviews, don't watch the reviews, go make your own mind up, but yeah, that, that Freddie Mercury film's great, and they're not going to get everything right, how on earth can you cram a career like he had in uh, two yeah. hours, you just, it's impossible, yeah, you, you can't, can't do, you yeah, can't, you can't do, you can't do anyone's life like that, yeah. I think, um, I think I told you, well, it was before, just before we started doing this show, I went to, uh, I was in London, uh, just just for a week with, with a family, and we went into Sotheby's to the Freddie Mercury exhibition, because um, obviously he was... Oh. Oh, yeah. All of his estate was being sold by. Cause he, he, he left everything to his his ex wife, Mary, um, and she, mm -hmm. yeah, and she sold everything um, at, at auction at Sotheby's last year. But what they did at Sotheby's was, and, and they've now followed this up with a couple of other. Um, I think Roger Daltrey's doing one um, very soon. But it, you, you basically go in and it's they've set. Freddie Mercury was selling it was everything from his from his bedroom to his kitchen to his. Mm -hmm dining room and it was all set out as it was in the house so you literally were walking around you know uh, just a recreation of his house and all of these items were up for sale but also his wow. Ivan Novellos he's you know the Brit Awards you, you name it whatever they won uh, Queen as a band was there they, you know they had the crown they had you know all of these costumes it was yeah it was fascinating and I guess the most the one thing that you would you'd, you always want to see was these like the handwritten notes of songs like Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff I mean just mm. just absolutely fantastic Priceless what a collection but yeah yeah I, I'm a, you know I wouldn't if, if somebody said you, is, uh, you know who's one of your favourite bands I mean you know I'm more of like the jam and you know the Sex Pistols. That was my era, and yeah. and, and you know the Buzzcocks. But yeah, oh, I've got a wide range of music, and Queen, fantastic. You know, brilliant, brilliant stuff, and great to hear him. And yeah, he was what a, what a bloke, what a bloke, uh, an ambassador. We've had a WhatsApp in from Jack. Morning, Jack. Um, morning, Jack. Morning, Jack. Yeah, he says, uh, "Morning, Dave, Rye, Steve, and that outside thing." Uh, <laughs> the the comment the Sunderland He's comment. referring to me as a Sunderland fan. Yeah, uh, great show as usual. Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday. End of the and week. That's it. That's it. That's the message. Oh, thanks, Jack. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jack. Oh, well done. He's just so being pleasant, nice. lads. Just being pleasant. Isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was he? Was he? All right. Okay. Giving oh, Ted a bit of stick as well. We love that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, give it Ted a bit of stick, yeah. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> we are at 11 minutes past here, chaps, and uh, as always, we uh, for those people who tune in slightly later, uh, we go through our sports headlines for uh, our our respective clubs. Mackhams and Proud, Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. A little bit perplexed and bemused by the outside thing. No, we're not talking about Steve's knowledge of geography. It's the view of Sunderland head coach Michael Beale during yesterday's press conference. Beale was referring to fan reaction to the Black Cat's recent form and to his overall appointment. The tone and wording has angered a large percentage of fans, especially being referred to as an outside influence. The head coach will be scrutinised further tomorrow when the lads take on Stoke. With many fans already calling for the coach to be sacked, it's now starting to take on the mantle of a must-win game if Bale is going to start and win over even a small amount of fans. Elsewhere, Patrick Roberts has been ruled out of Sunderland's weekend game with Stoke City. The winger is also expected to be unavailable for the Teesway and non-derby with Middlesbrough at the start of the month. Roberts has been sidelined since suffering a calf injury in the early stages of the one-all draw at Rotherham United between Christmas and New Year. He's missed Sunderland's last four matches and will not be involved with, uh, when Stoke visit the stadium like tomorrow. 
finally, Kiralui Dreyfus has told a meeting of Sunderland Supporter Collective that the club will be taking serious action in response to the redecoration of the Black Cats bar ahead of the FA Cup clash with Newcastle United. The club chairman has also promised that the steps taken will be communicated as transparently as possible with supporters. Louis Dreyfus met with representatives from the Red and White Army, the Branch Liaison Council and the Senior Supporters Association back on January the 18th, with long-standing off-field issues being the primary focus. In an opening statement at the meeting, the Red and White Army Group described the arrangements around the cup tie as a complete mess and said that they would consider walking away from engagement with the club should there not be significant improvement on a number of issues. There are your Sunderland headlines. Magpies and Proud, Mags News. Good morning, Newcastle United fans. Uh, the transfer window is coming to a close next Thursday and speculation is still rife over the future of Newcastle United players. Stories of Kieran Trippier's proposed move to Bayern Munich and interest in Miguel Miron from Saudi club Ahal Labab have cooled and been replaced with reports that Callum Wilson could be set to join Premier League rivals Chelsea or Liverpool after early window interest from AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. The arrival of club chairman Yasser al Rumayan in Northumberland has added fresh impetus to talks that deals in and out of St James's Park could still be done, assuming the strict conditions imposed by FFP can be adhered to. Uh, Newcastle have announced the departure of reserve forward Dylan Stevenson. He's made a loan move to National League Northside uh, South Shields. The Ashton-born 21-year-old out of contract at the end of the current season and he's been reunited with former United reserve coach Elliot Dickman, who's now in charge of the Mariners. Dylan was one of three departures announced on Thursday with Cameron Ferguson, son of Duncan, and Remy Savage also leaving. 22-year-old Savage has signed a contract of an undisclosed duration with Inverness Caledonian Thistle. A Newcastle and FA Cup action at Fulham uh, this weekend. 7 o'clock kick-off on ITV4 and ITVX. And if the scores are level after 90 minutes, there will be a replay uh, potentially on the 6th of February TV uh, decision pending. Uh, the draw on Sunday... Uh, we'll see Newcastle or Fulham in the hat and the ball number will be number 16. We'll get more of an update on who will be available and who won't be from Eddie Howe at the press conference at half past nine. Uh, but we do know that Tenali, Pope and Joe Linton are out. Murphy, Willock and Barnes aren't expected to make the game of the weekend and Target and Anderson are on the comeback trail but there's been no firm date uh, announced. Callum Wilson is due to a return for the Villa game on Tuesday. Joe White is back on Tyneside. He's training with the first team after his loan crew, but he's cup-tied. That's in Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. Happy Friday. No football this weekend, so enjoy a little weekend off. Michael Carrick wants his Middleton players to learn from their Chelsea experience, but not to dwell on it as they look to refocus now on their crucial championship running. While Borough suffered the humbling defeat at Chelsea on Tuesday night in the Carabao Cup semi-final, the result certainly does not need to be season-divining, says Carrick. And while it has been a provo has proven a useful escapade for many Borough players this season, their priorities have always been and will remain in the championship and getting back to the Premier League. Get in. After their draw with Rotherham last Saturday, Borough are currently 11th in the championship with just three points outside the top six with 18 games remaining. All focus now on the league alone following the end of their cup run. Carrick is clear in what his players must do. He told reporters, it's what next, it's what comes next that is important now. And it's all up to us. Whatever happened uh, in, behind us and the league was always going to be there for us and we need to finish strong. 
but right in the thick of it, it's tight in the league and we'll look forward to a good end to the season run. And Aston Villa may have gotten tired in their chase of Morgan Rogers because they have now said to be after fellow championship attacker Jonathan Rowe. Rowe is currently at Norwich City and has scored 12 goals already this term, but again is someone that Middlesbrough with Morgan Rogers that Norwich would ideally love to hang on to for their own promotion push. It is not said whether Aston Villa have tabled a bid yet, but it is known that they are growing frustrated with Middlesbrough's refusal to discuss allowing Morgan Rogers to leave Middlesbrough at this stage of the season. Then your Barrow headlines, weekend off, no football, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Beal Out show. That's your headlines. The Okay, we're back. We are, we are, and I'm uh, dreading this final 45 <laughs> minutes because uh, Dave has decided now to join Rye and Ted by doing uh, a quiz, which of course many regular <laughs> viewers, listeners will know that I don't partake in quizzes. So if you feel uh, that the silence from me and you hear this music... Which we heard you preparing earlier, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes. I heard it. No, it was, no, it was deliberate. It was yeah. deliberately played then. Um, I wasn't preparing. I it was deliberately He did. That's why I played it. Uh, so, so we're going to so do yeah. the quiz now, then? We'll do the quiz now, and then I can have five minutes off, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you can have a sleep. You can have a sleep. <laughs> you might like it, actually, but um, your, answers, your answers are not too bad, mate, that you've already submitted. So thank well, they're you noted. Yep, they're noted. Yep, 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 indeed. So, as I said, the production value of this is just amazing. I mean, no expense whatsoever, guys. I mean, I mean that's how okay. good it is. So, okay. you know, I like flying planes. Yep. I love astronomy. You can call yep. me boring if you want. But okay. this is Radio Dad's Out of This World quiz. Radio Dad's Out of This World. The quiz Steve won't play. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Very simple, very simple. It's multiple choice. Everything is multiple choice. Okay. Right? So... There's four possible answers to this first question. A number of footballers... How do you want us to answer this, by the way? You just shout out your answer, you can agree. I mean, it's obviously you against Rai, because Steve's having a kip. Um, Steve's not playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all you got to do is you just say, I think it's Michael Ballack, or I think it's Pele, or I think it's Cristiano Ronaldo, or I think it's Liverpool FC. Right, because they're your four answers. So the question is, a number of footballers or football clubs have had astronomical bodies or events named after them. Which of the following is not true? So there's one that's not true. Okay. Is it Michael Ballack? Because asteroid 79647 Ballack was named after him. Is it Pele? Because minor planet 627058 EADN, which is obviously after Edson Arantes de Nascimento, was named after him. Is it Cristiano Ronaldo? Because Galaxy CR7 was named after him. Or is it Liverpool Football Club? Because a massive interstellar explosion has been named LFC by the scientists who discovered it. They were Liverpool fans. So what is your answer? Is it Michael Ballack? Is not is the odd one out? Is not true. Pele, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Liverpool FC? Ted. I'm going to go with probably the one that you would most likely think was going to be. So I think it's too obvious. And therefore, I think it's false. I think it's Cristiano Ronaldo. 
So you think CR7, the galaxy that was named after Cristiano Ronaldo, is the odd one. What do you think, Ray? Well, I know of the Balak one because I've heard that one before. Uh, but the rest, I have no idea. I'm actually going to go with Liverpool. Lock me in for the pools of the livers not knowing about astronomy. Okay, final answers all locked in, yeah? I can say yeah. right now we have a three-way tie because none of you are correct. Oh, God. So Steve's <laughs> even still in the competition. Well done, Steve. <laughs> oh, sick. Steve's answer was pass. Uh, <laughs> Michael Ballack was Kevin correct. Ronaldo never does. Uh, the, uh, oh, God, I'm not going to win this by default. Yeah, I? yeah, the, you might do. Uh, the asteroid was named... Uh, 79647 Ballard because it was discovered by an astronomer near his hometown of Chemitz. Yep. Yep. So that's I knew true. that one. I knew Cristiano that one. Ronaldo has had Galaxy CR7 called after him. It actually stands for Cosmic wow. Redshift 7. That was in 2015. <laughs> Liverpool FC was the reason that a massive interstellar explosion was named LFC because oh the astronomers God. in Queen's University Belfast who discovered it were big Liverpool fans so they called the event Luminous Fast Cooler for LFC for Liverpool FC the other one out was Pele no minor planet has been called after Pele wow he's had nothing in the stars so wow. uh, great start nil question number two <laughs> in the movies you may have seen pilots call out V, on, uh, v numbers when they hammer down the runway for takeoff. One, so they do things like V1. They shout for that. Yeah. You might have seen it in the movies. What does V1 mean? And I've dumbed this down to our level. Does V1 mean, uh, we're at the point of no return, boys. You better get this big silver bird in the sky. Does it mean, there's almost Aussie in that. Does it mean, all looks hunky-dory, baby. Systems are green and all engines are running chuffer. Or does it mean, uh-huh, time to get this baby in the sky. Pull back on your stick, mate. What does V1 mean in the movies when you see pilots hurtling down a runway and they shout it out? This time, Rye first. Well, uh, I'm going to be a little bit... I actually know this because I was a loadmaster in the military. Oh. And I was on comms when we used to take off. Okay. So I, I do know it uh, and I know what it means. So... Uh, give it to Ted, and then and then. Uh, Whoa! Oh, no, 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 Uh, Ted, we're waiting for you, mate. All right, okay. Uh, I was just waiting for Wright to finish speaking. I'm just a shock that he did. Actually, I just want to clarify something with Wright because you said the point of no return, yeah. but that was number one. Oh, was it? That sorry, was yeah. Well, it's 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 the sorry. It's the one where yeah, there is the point of no return. It's it's okay. the point. It's the last moment. You mixed two of my answers can, up because I confused you because I, I dumbed apologize. it down. I'm sorry. I apologize. Mate. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, yep. Yes, the, it's it's the point of no return. Okay, Ted. So yes, Radio Father. May I just have them one more time? The clues one more time. Please. Yeah, the clue is you, you see on the movies the pilots flying planes, they're hurtling down the runway, taking off, and they shout out a sequence of V numbers. So the, the, you know, one of them they shout is V1. What does V1 mean? That's the question. Is it? We're at the point of no return, boys. 
you better get this big silver bird in the sky. Or is it, it all looks hunky-dory, baby. All systems are green and the engines are running chuffer. Or is it, ahem, time to get this baby in the sky. Pull back on your stick. Point to no return. I think the V stands for velocity. It does. V stands for velocity. Well does, done. We've yeah. run out of music. Uh, Can't believe we've run out of music. Go on, then. I'm... I'm Go on, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for the same as Rye, just to play it safe. Okay, you're both correct. Yes, it is that maximum speed you. where you've run out of runway if you don't do I'm something fine. now. Yep, that's it. Uh so one all and Steve's now out. Um which of these names <laughs> which of these star Get names in. is not a real star name? So we're doing astronomy okay. now. So okay. is it Durf, which is actually Fred backwards? Is it Zubin N. Janubi? Is it Mirror Cooler A, or is it Bob? Which one is not a real star name? Durf, which is Fred backwards, Zubin N. Janubi, Mirror Cooler A, or Bob? Ted. Uh, which one isn't? Yeah, okay. which one isn't a real star name? I'm going to go for the second one, Zubin N. Janubi, did you say? Okay, Zubin. Yeah, you could just say Zubin if you want. Zubin L. Janubi. No, no, no yeah. I'm going to show off. Okay. I was listening. <laughs> Rai, what's not a real star name? I'm going to go Miracle A. Okay. Uh, Durf is actually a star name. It's Fred Backwards, yep. uh, Dr. Fred Hess uh, decided he wanted to name a star after himself, and he found he out that some Hess, of the old you? guys <laughs> had actually played tricks on star names by spelling their names backwards. So he did it, and he called the star yep. Durf. So that is a real one. Uh, okay. Bob, the same guy, Fred Hess, decided in uh, the constellation of the dolphin he would nickname a star Bob for the fun of it. I knew he would. I knew he would. Yep. Zubin L. Janubi is a real star name. Miracula A is actually a profile on Facebook. Yes! So congratulations, <laughs> Ry. You win the quiz Yay! that Steve has slept through. Yeah. I can't give you applause because Daz has closed down Chrome. Oh, <laughs> oh he's cleaned his search history, has he? Yes. <laughs> so Rye wins 1-0. There you go, guys. Just a bit of fun. Yeah. Good job, right. good, good job you that didn't draw because the playoff question the playoff question was just ridiculous so there you go alright then <laughs> Steve you can wake up and come back mate well done you're you only one point short of the winner oh, oh bad luck Steve oh, unlucky unlucky for some uh, we've got about three minutes before we've got our guest on this morning so well, I just we'll do the news ask, first mate you know, I, and then we'll do I the I just guest. want to ask Rai um, obviously Middlesbrough yes. Uh, against Birmingham is off uh, yes. because Mogger yes. has done what he does. He wins games and he's he's got them in Correct. the uh, he's got them into the next round of the oh, FA that'll Cup. That will so, hurt so, somebody on this so show. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend, Rye? Are you surfing? Uh, are, are, are you are, are you putting another shrimp on the barbie? Are you wrestling <laughs> sharks? Are you tying a kangaroo down sport? Mm, are you having geography yeah. lessons? Um, yeah. What 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 are you doing this weekend, Rye, with your weekend off? It's all viable options, to be honest with you. There's a there's a wild croc getting around that I'm probably going to have to wrangle at some point. Uh, I need to sharpen my knife because I know I've got a good knife meeting on Sunday where we compare knives. 
Um, I think there's, you know, there's a there's a, a cowboy sort of, you know, intervention as well that I might want to attend. No, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to be unpacked. Is that what it, if, it what's it called? Convention, Convention you mean. Thank you. That's the one. Thank you. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> oh, the cowboy intervention where I've I've been spending too much time as a cowboy, so they're having an intervention. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, no, honestly, it's just going to be sorting out the house more. I've got so much more unpacking to do, and and, and things around this uh, new home of mine that I'll be doing it's- that. Uh, it's coming to welcome a welcome time this break because I do need a bit more time to set up before the next watch along and stuff like that. And get on my, my jerseys. Is it a welcome time by Borough though? Is it, a, you know, after, oh, after losing that game? Uh, massively. Would you not rather be going straight back into the, the, nah. the championship mix and playing playing a game this weekend to, to put that behind you? Nah, look, I absolutely love it. I think it couldn't have come at a better time because now where we go back to uh, against Sunderland in the derby, uh, that's right, it's a derby, uh, it was, it will, we'll know the Morgan Rogers resolution. So we'll know if he's there or not. We'll have the end of January. So there'll be no more will they, won't they around that. We would have had two weeks rest to potentially try and get you Emmanuel Latte last Josh Coburn's fit. You know, Lewis O'Brien, who's just come back, he's going to have a few weeks training and stuff like that. So I think it's actually come at a really welcome time. Yes, it's a it's it was a disheartening result. Uh, I think it's going to obviously take a little bit for us to get over as fans. But I think Michael Carrick's, the, you know, the absolute perfect person who's been there, done that, and, you know, has lost big games and big finals with Manchester United as a player that he knows exactly what to do to pick these players up and get them back on track. And he's got two weeks now to do that or so, plus trying to get those players back. Plus you get Riley McGree, Sammy Silvera back as well, depending on how they go in this final of the Asian Cup now. So it, it is a welcome break for me. And I'm actually really, really thankful uh, that, you know, that Birmingham one got called off because it's just something that Borough have needed for a while. We've had a very big run of fixtures through December. We've had the Carabao Cup, you know, push uh, so we've, you know, we've been there for every game Sunday, you know, and midweek. So I really, really am thankful that there's a break there. And I think Borough are going to do amazingly uh, with it as well. Uh, and I think Carrick's, you know, got the right frame of mind to get the players back where he needs them. And he's got two weeks to do it. Dave, time for a break for Borough, you know, now because of the FA Cup. Is, is it time for a break that you welcome or do you would you prefer to have a game, no. you know, just to, just to get that behind you? Would, do you think this break's going to come at a, at a useful time? I think guys? it's perfect timing because I think the way Borough are hammered by Chelsea for some of the younger players to go straight into another match, it would still be on the back of their minds. I think what's going to happen now is uh, the fact they've got 10 days off or thereabouts uh, before they take on Sundland, which is which in itself is the perfect game to come back from that Chelsea defeat because yeah, there'll be such a focus on that game because of the derby-ish nature of that match, um, <laughs> which, of course, it will be a derby if Sundland win because they won't stop crowing about it saying we've won the derby. No? Um, yeah. Yes. Um, so, no, perfect timing. Um, I, I, you know, you're also going to see uh, on the training ground, you're going to see the likes of Azaz, Ailing, uh, Greenwood, yeah. O'Brien, you know, be in there with the, with the guys who played against Chelsea. So it'll be a completely different yeah, exactly. team. It'll be a completely different feel. And yes, it might have taken the rest of this week to get Chelsea out of the system. I think Monday morning when the guys are training again and looking ahead to the weekend, it'll be it'll have gone. It'll it'll be out. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Okay, we're just past uh, 8.30, so yep. time for the sports headlines. 
gather across the northeast. The Turnbacket and the Red. Ah, uh, we're back, boys. We're back. Uh, we've also had um, a WhatsApp message. Morning, gents. Uh, this is from. Morning. This is from Daniil. This is Daniil. Uh, ah, morning. morning, gents. Elvis and Bohemian Rhapsody are two of the best pop biopi- uh, biopics I've ever seen. Austin Butler should have won an Oscar for his portrayal of the king. Anyway, great show as usual. Have a great weekend, all. So that's a Thank you, Daniel. Daniel. perfect segue. Perfect segue to start talking movies, okay. acting, actresses, because we have got our guest on this morning. It's Goldie. Uh, Goldie, I, I remember... I mean, Goldie, I still remember you before you were walking. I mean, that's how bad this is and embarrassing this is. But Goldie is from the borough. She hails from Priestfields, you know, a, a council estate in Middlesbrough. And yet she had her big premier red carpet moment during the week. Part of Jackdaw. The premier was at uh, Teesside Leisure Centre Park thing where the big movie house is. Uh, welcome to the show. Party. Welcome. Good morning, Congratulations. everyone. Thanks for having me. Morning. Morning. Thank you. I'm going to throw over to Steve straight away because he knows the questions to ask when it comes to acting. <laughs> well, congrats. Oh, go congratulations. On, Steve. How are you? I'm very good. Thank How you are you? So, so much. I'm great, yeah. honestly. I mean, first of all, um, you know, it's it's huge. This And this film's had lots of publicity. It's great for the area, though, first and foremost, Goldie, isn't it? Honestly, I think people need to realise that aside from other things of having just like a big movie to watch, if this goes well and people realise that they can actually do this in the North East and North East Screen are putting so much more funding into the film and, industry, film and TV industry in the North East, it's just going to bring so many more productions and opportunities, not just for actors, but for people who are working on crew. On crew, people don't realise you have sparkies and everything doing lights, so it's mm. a bit bigger than just jobs for actors, you know. Yeah, it, it is. And, and and for you, how did you how did you get the role? How, tell tell us the the process you had to go through. Well, I got a call from my agent one day. Um, she said, "Oh, I've got you um, a lovely audition in your own accent because it doesn't always come." Um, so she sent me the script over. I spent two hours reading it, literally every single word. And at the end of it, I was like, "Oh my god, I need this job." And then I did my tape that night and sent it off. Mm. I think a lot of people who you know don't know the business, you know, would imagine that if you go for an audition, you've got to go and stand in somebody. And you've just mentioned there that you sent your tape off. This has become uh, even more so now after COVID for people who want an audition. It's 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 all done online now, isn't it? Do you find that easier or oh do you find that God. harder? Well, some people you'll ask them, they'll say, "Oh, I much prefer to be in the room, to be in the room." Oh, not me, Steve. Absolutely not. When I can do a self-tape, I can just be in the own comfort of my own home, take my time learning my lines, and the nerves are, like, non-existent because I don't just have one chance to do it. You go in the room in person, you might just get one chance to say thank you when it's done. Whereas I can do my tape, I can get it how I want it, and then send it off. And then after that, it'll be a recall. But even then, sometimes that's on Zoom. My Jack Daw one was on Zoom which is still nerve-wracking, but I still get to be in the comfort of my own home. So I'm mm. all for self-tapes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a knack, there's a knack to it. I mean, plenty of people out there, um, you know, have, have often, you know, I bump into people all the time, oh, how do you get into acting? I've often fancied that. What would you do? What advice would you give to, to somebody listening to the show who, you know, who wanted to get into acting? What, what advice would you give them? Are we talking a first time and no experience? 
Yeah, somebody who, somebody who some, yeah, because I think people, I think people think it's easy. Um, and, and when people ask oh me, I've, gosh, often, I've often said it's, it's far from it. It's honestly, I would say to them, if you don't act, start acting, whether it's lessons, go to like a theatre group, anything, do student films, short films, build a CV, learn to act, do extra work, get experience on set. And then once you've built that up, start applying for agents and that is really hard I'm not gonna lie I nearly gave up I can't believe my e- the my agent emailed me back because I was so close to giving up and if they didn't email me back I don't know what I would have done you've had a little bit of experience locally uh, I mean you've done uh, something we've both got something in common we've both done Vera um, what was oh, that yeah, like yeah Were- yeah I, I played big piece me, me wife said it's the best acting I've ever done because I played a chef in a kitchen <laughs> <laughs> who was who was running illegal immigrants illegally through the restaurant and paying them in food, you know, paying them in yeah. cash. Um, yeah. before uh, January, mate, we would have had you down more yeah. as the illegal immigrant shipper than a cook. To be <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what was it like to work on Beera? For me, I've got to be honest. For me, that was the most nerve-wracking job in eleven years being a professional that I've ever done, and oh I'll gosh. tell you why. I'll tell you why because I got a script. Um, no, to I learn feel exactly as, the same way. I can't believe you said that. They edited my. They edited my. So I went to bed. I had to be on set at seven in the morning. So I was getting picked up in a taxi at six, and I had to basically. Uh, I got up. At, I got up. I got up half five, and there was an email. Now I'd gone to bed at half nine. The email came in at ten. They'd completely rewritten the script, and all my lines Aww. that I'd learned. So I am in a taxi on the way across to set, having to relearn my lines. Uh, and I'm thinking, maybe I won't be on first. So I get in, get, get go into costume, go into makeup, do all of the stuff that we do. And, and as, I, as I basically sat down to think, right, OK, one more look at this script, I got called on to set. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. <laughs> so the first bit was, was fine. My first scene was fine, but it was the second scene that, that, that really that just massacred it, that changed the whole thing. Yeah. I had, yeah. And I, did, I said, do I tell the director or don't I tell the director? I didn't. I, 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 went for it, I went for it the first time, and it was a nightmare. And Brenda went, they did change the script last night. And I went, they did. And she went, do you want half an hour with me to go over your lines? Aww. And I went, yeah, let's do Aww. it. And I thought, you know what? I said, that, that, that tells you what kind of woman she is, and that was amazing. But oh, go on, that's tell us actually about... so nice. Um, well, Were you just nervous about the whole first... thing? Well, oh, I had, like, my lines down. Sorry, that is not a dig. Right. Yeah, but yeah, no, no. I, I take all long. my lines down. I'll get enough no, of these yeah. two people on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love the fact Steve's yeah. into well, makeup. Because it was um, yeah. <laughs> my first, um, like, proper TV job. Um, so I was, like, extremely nervous. I still remember I was shaking like a leaf and, like, I couldn't calm my nerves. But, you know, I was trying to play it cool and whatnot. And I did my scene and it was fine. I got through it. And to say Brenda was nice, she was really nice. Everyone was really nice to me. Brenda gave me so many tips on, you know, what not to do and what to do and what someone, what people, what she wished people would have told her when she first started act- acting, she was telling me. So I think that was really good of her. She just did it off the back. And I really appreciate that. But the experience was great. I would do it again and hopefully I wouldn't be as nervous. <laughs> 
Brilliant stuff. I'll leave Ted to have a, a couple of questions now. Go on, Yeah, Ted. I'll do. Goldie, nice to meet you. I'm just reading a little bit about the film. To be honest, this is one of these... I, I love supporting Stephen what he does in films, and this is another movie that I'll absolutely be watching as soon as I get the opportunity to do it. Um, yeah, I, I even paid money to watch Steve's movie. That, that's that's how committed <laughs> I am. To me. He's been trying to get a refund ever since. <laughs> I've reported fraud, Amazon. Um, <laughs> just looking at, looking at the cast, I mean. Uh, the two of the two of the standout cast members, I guess that that you've been with, there, uh, Jenna Coleman and, and uh, Thomas Turgos. Thomas Turgos, obviously massively famous for This Is England. Jenna Coleman, uh-huh. obviously most probably most famous for her work uh, as Queen Victoria. Even as a professional actress, um, are you are you kind of constantly surprised by the, like the the breadth and, and depth of people's acting skill? Because obviously, this is a far cry from from what Jenna Coleman would be used to in in the likes of Victoria. Thomas Turgis yeah. going from that sort of football hooligan sort of background. What what amazes you the most about coming up against these these top end pros? Well, to be fair, I'm not going to lie. I I didn't really know who they were going into it. Good last. But knowing them now, um, Thomas Turgis, it surprises me that how nice people are. Yeah. Like Tomo just feels like a regular guy. He's so nice at the premiere. I was like, oh, Tomo, please, will you do me a favour? Will you come and take pictures with, like, my family and stuff? He's like, yeah, yeah, like, he's just so nice. On set, he's so chilled. Um, he mm. still jokes around. Um, but then I think Jenna was also really nice. I had no problems with everyone. Everyone was great. And it's just nice to sit and watch and observe what they do and how Sounds like that me on might show. help me as well. <laughs> oh yeah, of course it does. And obviously the movie itself. I mean, obviously you're, we, we've all done a little bit of reading about it. But now, now's your chance. Tell us about Jackdaw. Jackdaw, it's madness. Honestly, I hope people take like a small little cultural reset from it. It's very different to what we have in the cinema right now. Um, it's very northeast. It's made for people in the northeast also so i really hope they appreciate it and notice land landmarks that they see on an everyday basis it's very fun it's a nice easy watch you don't have to concentrate too hard um i think people will really enjoy it it's upbeat it's just i think it's a delight i love it i really do Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Solid to me. Honestly, I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I've, I've got one for... Go actually, Rai, you haven't asked a question yet. I know. Yes. Yeah. Um, Big I'm, that you are. I'm, I mean, I mean, in Australia, it's a bit... I don't, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm out of the loop a little bit. I don't even know who those actors are. But, you know, look, I love your work. Uh, up the borough. Uh, Middlesbrough is one of the best places in the world, uh, and I'm going to watch it. I've, I've googled it now, and I'm all over it. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because you know, I love supporting Middlesbrough and stuff. That do, do you follow Middlesbrough at all? The football? Oh, have you wasted breath asking me that question? <laughs> okay. I don't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm not a all right. Fan. I'm out. I'm out. Yep. No, but no, congratulations. It, it, honestly, you, you're doing, it does, it does, you know, congratulations on, on what, what seems, Thank you, so, you know, so is a great much. movie really for, for the Northeast and uh, congratulations on all the success. I love seeing someone from Middlesbrough have success and it's great that you could come on the oh, show and, and spend so some time with us. Uh, and, you know, up the borough. Uh, and if you could just say that at most of your <laughs> next red carpet appearances, 
uh, and that you know, uh, right from Australia, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it's the best Barrow fan in the world. That'd be great. Thank you, Goldie. He doesn't know what Thank he doesn't know you. what to say because he's never been around culture before. His country's only about two hundred years old. He hasn't got a clue, man. <laughs> Goldie, we're so proud of you. Well done. Um, I, I love Brilliant. the fact that it's, you know, it's this last from who hailed from Priestfields in Middlesbrough who's uh, got herself onto the red carpet. So more power to your elbow. Really mean it. Thank well you done. so, so much, genuinely. All right. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. And say hello Thank to your you. mum Thank for me. You. All right, then. Cheers. Oh, well, she's coming down today. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See ya. Oh, great stuff. Uh, Goldie, I mean, what a Say sport. hello to your mum for me. Yeah. We all were dragged up in the same council estate, I'm telling you. Say hello to your oh, mum for me. That's a classic. I'm writing that one down. <laughs> Dave, 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 we'll get Daz. We'll get Daz to clip that, and he can use that every now and then. <laughs> That's my new ringtone now. It's a new ringtone. Your mum for me. Put <laughs> <laughs> that down. Oh, God, if you're still listening, help. <laughs> No, brilliant. Brilliant story. Brilliant. 8.46, no, a, a great guest, and make sure you go and watch Jack Doe. Great, uh, great to have uh, films being made in the North East. So, uh, we are at 8.46, we've got 10 minutes to go through two games. I am going to go to Ted first and discuss uh, Sunderland Football <laughs> Club against Stoke City Football Club. Is this Beale's last hurrah? Um, because, as we've already mentioned at the uh, the, uh, the start of the show, um, Beal clearly feeling the pressure um, and these uh, arrogant responses, stoking up the fires, if you'll pardon the pun, with uh, Sunderland fans. Um, I, I can see this being um, a few empty seats for starters tomorrow because Sunderland fans do vote with their feet when they're not happy. Uh, but I can yep. also see those people in the stadium um, giving Beal some stick. This has got a proper... Newcastle United Sam Allardyce feel about this you don't know what you're doing etc etc I can see this being an absolute storm if Sunderland don't get into an early lead and the players don't dig Beal out here this is going to be awful tomorrow Ooh, yeah. um, Ted, Ooh, yeah. Ted I don't I don't I don't envy you in the slightest with uh, having to sit and watch this by the way because let's face no. it Sunderland and Stoke isn't one for the purist is it it isn't. It isn't. I mean, it's it's almost a year ago since we had Stoke at the Stadium of Light last. Um, it was Mrs. Ted's first experience of a football match in the northeast. Um, I said, "Come and come and sample it. We'll go for a couple of pints. You'll love it. The atmosphere is great." And we got absolutely humped five-one by Stoke at home. <laughs> um, and that was that was with Alex Neal's first return to the stadium. Obviously, he's gone the journey now. Um, it's it's different managers all around. There's different players all around. But I fear it could be the same, not the same result, but I, I can't see us getting a win here. I really don't. Um, Stoke are fast becoming a bit of a bulky team for us, for a start off. Uh, we've lost four of our last five league games against them. Uh, we lost 2-1 away from home earlier on this season as well. Um, playing staff-wise, there's no changes. Um, there's, there's nobody in yet, and by the looks of it, obviously, we've, well, we've got midday today to register anyone, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no Paddy Roberts still no Paddy Roberts probably until around about mid-February so you know one of your talismanic players who can who can create a bit of magic on the ball is is off and away uh, injured uh, Jewison Bennett has gone out on loan to uh, Aris which is a, a Greek uh, league side so no no sort of options 
up front and on the wings, I guess, at this moment in time. I just, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm really not, and and that's that's bad that because I I love my Fridays and heading into Saturday and getting excited to sit down and watch the game and all that, and I'm just not looking forward to it. Um, I think it'll be a horrendous atmosphere in there, especially you know we're talking about that golden twenty minutes, Steve. If yeah. we don't get into a lead, that's just going to turn absolutely vile in there, and lose lose this one, and I think Beale has has got to go. I think the club have got to realise the mistake. Um, for the money it's going to cost to get rid of him, they probably could have brought that that you know a League One or a League Two striker in, you know, with a little bit of experience behind them. So they've wasted money, but they've got to they've got to cut their losses. Um, I don't, I can't even see us getting a draw out of this. That's that's the worst of it. Um, I, I just have a very very bad feeling about the whole thing. We're still putting those square pegs in round holes as we always do. Um, I think there's players that are low on confidence. I think there's players that are low on fitness. The likes of Job, who who just needs to be rested. Um, yeah, I, I I just see the same old mistakes being made, the same old selections, uh, and and yeah, I just think it's going to be a grim outcome this weekend. And you know, for for once, I'm probably going to go for it for a Sunderland defeat on this one, lads. I, I can see us getting maybe done about two or three nil as well. Wow! Wow! Thoughts on this one, Ray? I mean, you know, Borough's got a weekend off, as we've mentioned, but um, you know, this yep. this this game, it's going to be a it's going to be a Beal, um, uh, you know, well, it's going to be a nightmare isn't it, for him, I, I would imagine. Yeah, well, in the great words of Goldie, uh, you wasted your breath because you know I got football off this weekend. So, look, honestly, yeah, it, it's it, I I honestly see it going the same way as Ted's just explained. It, it, unfortunately, there's just too much going on uh, in Sunderland's world for them to focus with what's happening on the pitch as much as Bill wants them to and. And all that sort of stuff. Now, look, the players might rock up and and you know and, and do a good job for Bill. You would hope, but you know the the fans. He doesn't when you don't have the fans on side. You've lost a lot of your confidence in terms of what's you know what's going to happen on that pitch. And there's no way that you know the fans. Sorry, the players haven't seen what the fans are saying. I mean, they're all on social media, like we've always said. They've got you know a big. Uh, connection with with the, the fan base, you know, they'll be out and about in Sunderland. They've been there a long, much longer than than Beal has, and you know, to see them try and rock up now against against Stoke, who are under a new manager. Don't forget, you know, they've got Schumacher now, who uh, is you know trying to turn yeah. the tires at Stoke, and he's doing and he's doing really well at it as well. Stoke have always been that hard to break down, annoying team. It's just, yeah, it's just a recipe for disaster, isn't it? And you know what? And the thing for me as well is that Sunderland fans will be wanting them to kind of lose and lose emphatically because that'll give them more reason to fight for Bill getting out of their club. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a, a win to Stoke, uh, I, and I think it's going to be you know the end of if not the start of Bill's sort of you know run towards the end. I don't know how they can keep him. Uh, going when the fans are offside, it could be. Really? I mean, that, that, that's that where my head. I don't think you'd be in charge for the Burrow game. That, that, that's wow. where my head is, and yeah, really that quick. Yeah, I mean, not, how much would they? How much are they going to have to pay to get rid of him that quickly, though? Peanuts. I've, I mean, it's the bigger. No, it's because he's on like a he's he's on a, a two or two and a half year contract, so it's it's somewhere between one and a half and two million, I think. That's a player yeah. for you. 
Do you know what I, I mean? Like, there's no way they're going to do that. You're struggling with finances as it is. You know well, what I mean? You're in a crisis, you know, hashtag, you know, hashtag bill, and they want to spend two mil. There's no way they're going to pay that to get rid of him. They're stuck with him. There's just no way. So, and there's no way that the ownership will, will want to look that bad as well. So, I think you're stuck with him, at least to the end of the season, honestly. Do you know what my, and fi- I, and I, Do you know what yeah. my fear in all of this is? It's not just the Stoke game, because then you've got the Borough game after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've also got the closing of the transfer window. Is there any chance Jack Clark could disappear in the next few days, or do you reckon he's That's going to be the big fear. Not, because not, what would some fans... Christian Speakman's had to say, like, no, it's, uh, it, it looks like he's staying... Would that um, be the ultimate, though? Would, would that just be the fans would turn massively on the car, on, on the club? 100% it would. Yeah, absolutely. Especially after what Speakman's come out and said. Well, you know, the, the, the whole signing of players and, and, and selling of players, he said finances aren't a problem. Apparently. I can tell well, you what, because that's if, that's you lose, if, you would, if you were to lose at Stoke, Jack Clark disappears, you go to Borough and get turned over. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They'd be but right, if the fans they'd, they'd don't be on the want Beal, yeah, if the fans don't, if the fans don't want Beal, then how does Jack Clark want to play for Beal? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the quality of, I mean, he wants to play for Sunderland, obviously, but does he want to play for well, Beal for the rest of the season? My, my hope there is, mate, that, that the players are actually getting together on this, and I, and actually going to Speakman, going to Kira Louis Dreyfus, and going, sorry, like, but we can't play for him. He's a clown. And players have got rid of managers before. I know John yeah. O'Shea led the revolt to get rid of Paolo Di Canio. So it can happen. And it's I think it's a case mm. of them. what they're going to do, sell all of the playing staff just to appease, uh, you know, just to keep Michael Beale in a job? Absolutely not. Players went on strike at Newcastle, I think, when Gordon Lee was manager back in the day. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So mm. I... I I, th- I hope that the players have, are actually getting together on this one. And, you know... Maybe put Dodsey back in charge for until the end of the season, and then then go after somebody like Will Still. Apparently, the whole reason that they didn't go for Will Still in the end was because the compo package they would have had to pay was was perceived to be too high. Well, guess what? You're gonna have to pay a compo package to that absolute prat to, to get rid of him. Not a great way. To, not a great way to appoint a manager. Thinking about what you're gonna have to pay him when you sack him is it really like? I mean, it's oh, it's crazy. It's the compensation would have to pay the French club. Sorry. Yeah. All oh, right. No, okay. Yeah. Good morning, gents. Morning, morning Daz. There's no way morning, Sunderland are gonna pay that much for Daz's con. Dazzy, what's going on, mate? How the price was a delay there. It was, wasn't there? <laughs> it was. Massive delay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm late. I've been Daz. on. The, I've been on the phone to the uh, Sony Radio Awards. Yeah, uh, they've yeah. been in touch yep. this morning about Dave's quiz. Um, I mean, yes. it's 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 in line what? to win every award going that this morning. Yes, I mean, and I yes. want it. The words yeah. I'm reading already in the media are magnificent. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's Daz, just, uh, Daz, I think honestly. you should have been on the phone to Ofcom about his comment. <laughs> Say hello to your mum. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, by the way, if you rewind the show by about that. ten minutes, mate, you can clip it and we can use yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving forward, yeah, I've already done it. Your mum for me. I've already done it. I'm going to start using that as my greeting. To everyone, uh, you know, well, even my watch along, so I'll be signing off by saying, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so much from me from Australia, say hello to your mum for me. Yeah. Bye for now. <laughs> and so much for that outside thing, thinking I'm middle class, and there's me going, oh, say, hello to your mom for me. <laughs> say hello to your mum, kind regards, Mick. Um, so it's 
Four minutes, four minutes left. We're going to have to cut into Daz's music slightly just, no, to, just to get a pr- get a prediction on the Sunderland game, yeah. and I'll quickly talk about Newcastle. So, prediction on the Sunderland game, chaps. I'm going to go for a one nil win um, for Stoke City. Yeah, me too. I'm going one nil Stoke. Sorry, Ted. No, it's all right. You'll no, be going three nil Stoke. Wow. Right. Uh, I'm going to go. Right. I'm going to go three nil Stoke. Oh, oh my. Crazy, Ted. Uh, 2-0 Stoke Wow Newcastle United FA Cup uh, Flying the flag For the North Eastern Cup competitions mm-hmm. And uh, It's a, a tough one Going to Fulham uh, But Fulham have played this week um, Will they be tired After their car- Carrier bag cup Exertions um, I'm going to say yes I think it's going to affect them I think Newcastle Will win this game By two goals to one I think all of the uh, Transfer talk Will be put to one side I think Eddie Howe Will get a result Out of his team I think if any players Are wanting to move They're going to want to Make a good impression uh, And certainly play it To the highest standards I think we're going to have A shock surprise Coming back Despite the fact that Rumours abound That none of these players Are fit and ready to go I think Harvey Barnes should be available um, looking at the way that he was training this week uh, at uh, Benton so I'm going to go up for a 2-1 win and you cast in the hat on Sunday number 16 uh, for a nice easy home draw please mm-hmm. um, Ted thoughts on this one I think Fulham impressed me in the second half of the game mate so I think you'll get a I think you'll get a draw down at the cottage and I think you'll take it back to St James's Park back for so a replay on. on the 6th of February okay right uh, I was going for a Fulham win, but then I realised that Raul Jimenez will be back out there and he's going to go for a flying kick on one of your players again uh, and he'll be red carded. So I'm going Jimenez to get red carded in the 11th minute when he goes for a flying uh, kick on uh, Bruno and then he's red carded and then you win 2-0. Okay, Dave? I'm going to agree with my Mackham friend. I think it's going to be a 1-1 and a replay. Um, and does. I think there's going to be some sad cottages down there um, this weekend. <laughs> I'll grow up. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> <never>. um, <laughs> I've been thinking about it since Steve went on to the match. Say hello to your dad as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a Newcastle 1 0. <laughs> Brilliant show. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, thank you, no, thank you to our special guest, Gould. Thank you to Ofcom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And thank you to Ofcom for allowing us another week on the air. And thanks to our three yeah. listeners. Brilliant. See it's you good guys. night from me. It's good night from the lads. Don't forget to say hello to your mum for me. All right, see you. Say hello to your mum for me. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. With Roy, Steve, him. and Ted. And him. Hello. Hello. The red, the tune, and the